Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Thanks for downloading today's podcast. It's Tuesday, November the 24th, and the wait is on to find out what tier Kent will be in when lockdown ends on December the 2nd. The Prime Minister announced yesterday that three levels of restrictions will be put in place. Tier 1 is the lowest level and Tier 3 the highest. Now, it's widely thought that Kent could be put into Tier 3 because cases in areas like Swale are still the highest in the country. That would mean pubs would have to stay shut and we still wouldn't be able to visit friends or family in their home. There are some calls for boroughs to go into different tiers rather than entire counties. It's something Ashford MP Damien Green asked Boris Johnson about in the Commons. After the tremendous news about testing and the encouraging uh, developments on, on vaccines, can I welcome the news that the blanket national lockdown is ending? But in the spirit of a a wise constituent who told me that if the government imposes stupid rules, we'll all stop obeying the sensible rules as well, can I ask my right honourable friend that the new tiers be imposed at a local level, districts rather than counties or regions, because restrictions which people feel are unfair to their particular community will simply not be respected or obeyed, and this will itself have a damaging effect on our long-term health. Yeah. Prime Minister. My honourable, my right honourable friend, and indeed the wisdom of his constituent, but I respectfully disagree. The people of this country have been obeying uh, the rules, and, they, and it's to an astonishing degree, thanks to the heroic effort of the people of this country uh, in following the guidance, in following the, the recent measures, that we've got the R down in the way that we have, and we've got the incidents down in some of those areas where the disease was was really taking off. If you look at the, the, the graphs uh, in the northwest, in, in, in particular, it's now starting to track down across the country. And uh, I have every confidence in the the wisdom of the British people to follow uh, sensible guidance and sensible rules. And on on his point about local uh, versus regional, uh, alas, the, the disease is no respecter of borough boundaries, and we have to have. Uh, some 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 regions in which to constitute the tiers uh, that are that are that are sensible and, and large enough. Well, an announcement on what tier the county will fall into will be made on Thursday. In the meantime, you can find out what each tier means and the restrictions involved at kentonline.co.uk. It's also emerged only 12% of coronavirus cases in Swale are coming from jails and care homes. The area, which includes Sittingbourne, Sheppey and Faversham, has the highest infection rate in England and an emergency meeting has been held with the council, police and prison service. Residents are being urged to follow COVID rules and avoid mixing between households to try and get numbers down. Elsewhere, Ebbsfleet United Football Club have announced all players and staff are self-isolating following cases of COVID-19. It means their next three fixtures in the National League, starting with this Saturday's game at Dorking Wanderers, have been postponed. Kent Online News. This is our most read story today. People living in Canterbury are angry about plans to install a 5G mast the height of four double-decker buses. Mobile Network 3 wants to build the 20-metre-high transmitter on a grass verge at the junction between Whitstable Road and Westgate Court Avenue. Residents are worried it'll be an eyesore, and one's described it as a monstrosity. A leading homeless charity says it fears potential cuts in funding could significantly affect rough sleepers in Kent 
Parliament. We've got until the end of today to say how we think council tax money should be spent in the county next year. With finances hit by COVID, one of the questions focuses on which services should get less funding. Chris Coffey is from Canterbury-based Porchlight. We understand the difficult position that KCC are in, yeah, the extra cost of the pandemic. Um, being in a position where it's really hard to calculate what budget is going to look like uh, next year. So we understand the position they're in. Um, I, I guess all we're doing is cautioning any decisions that will reduce, in, um, uh, will reduce contracts that are indispensable for people, vulnerable people. So particularly at a time of pandemic, we're saying we don't yet know exactly what the next few years are going to look like. And we know that unemployment is rising, we know that um, mental health issues are rising. This is just, our caution is not to cut services that people find vital at a time like this. And you would like talks to be held before any any funding cuts for organisations like Porchlight, is that right? Yeah, I think it's um, just understanding the longer-term repercussions. So, um, you know, we, we've we've had a history of working with council, um, working with other funders, and we understand difficult decisions have to be made. But it's just um, our invitation is to be part of that um, discussion to understand what the wider ramifications will be. So we know that a lot of services that we run and other charities run are vital but they have these kind of um uh interdependencies that might not be fully understood um if we were simply making decisions just purely on budget levels so what we're asking the council to do is just involve us in any difficult decisions that are being made um, about where services might be different uh, might be reduced might be run in a different way over the next few years And what will it mean for rough sleepers and people who use your services if your funding does end up getting cut? So we work with thousands of people uh, every year, Um, not just people that are rough sleeping, people that are homeless, in temporary accommodation, people with mental health needs, uh, families, young people. So this this is quite wide reaching. It's not just simply about people who find themselves sleeping rough on the streets. It's about people in need um, across the whole of the county. And what we're asking um, decision makers to do at a time when those decisions are really tough is to think about the wider ramifications um, of cutting those vital services to people. Some crime news now and a man who threatened to kill three young men during a violent robbery in Maidstone has been jailed for more than five years. 35-year-old William Saunders kicked, punched and beat his victims with a heavy torch near his home on Campway in July while demanding they hand over money, alcohol and their phones. Detectives are still trying to identify a second suspect. Two people have been arrested after a man was attacked in Gravesend Town Centre. He was treated for facial injuries following the assault at the Thamesgate Shopping Centre yesterday. Two men in their 50s are being questioned. Figures uncovered by Kent Online show hundreds of dogs are stolen in Kent every year, but only around one in four are ever found and returned. 549 dogs have been taken in the county over the past five years. Last year alone, that figure stood at 120. 
21, with just 24 being reunited with their owners. And of these cases, only 10 suspects were arrested and no charges were ever brought. Well, there are ongoing calls for stealing pets to be made a specific offence and 260,000 people have signed a petition. We've been asking some of you if you think pet theft should be a crime in itself. Yeah, definitely. Um, because, you know, a pet is a member of the family. It's a massive loss, like, when a pet even dies, let alone someone steals it off you. So I think that should be a criminal offence. Yeah, no, definitely. It's like, you know, uh, you know you, your, your animal could be part of the family, you know, like a, you know, part, like a child or a... Or yeah. A, yeah. Yes, it should be. Um, I think pet owners should be encouraged to have their pets chipped, so there's absolute proof. Um, but it should be a hefty fine, yes. It causes, you know, people love their pets and to lose them and never know what happened to them. It's awful. Yeah, it should be. Yes, pets are more than just property. They, I mean, they matter to people. It's almost, for me, like stealing a child. And I know that sounds silly, but um, pets are well-loved and should be treated with respect. So I, th I think it is a serious crime. Yes, I do. I don't think the sentences that are handed out at the moment are strong enough. Um, slap on the wrist for most people, and a lot of people don't feel any um, embarrassment about spending 12 months, 18 months in jail. It should be a separate crime. And you can let us know what you think by commenting on the story at kentonline.co.uk. And fingers crossed for a Kent winner on Bake Off tonight. Laura Adlington, who lives in Higham, is through to the final. She's taking on David and Peter, who also made it into the last three of the competition. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham are back at Priestfield in League One action later. They're hosting AFC Wimbledon following a one-all draw with Charlton at the weekend. The Jules will be hoping for a better result tonight after losing both fixtures against the visitors last season. Let's hear first from assistant manager Paul Rayner. They've started the season quite well. I know Glyn very well. I know he's got some good players. You know, and uh, and it'll be uh, it'll be a proper game, and uh, we're looking forward to that. So we'll dust ourselves off. We'll get the boys recovered, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, turn our attention to AFC Wimbledon on Tuesday. But we're looking forward to that if we can play like we did today then uh, I'm sure there'll be three points on the way yeah as I say Glenn will, Glenn will get them up for it you know he did last year and they scrapped and fought and you know, nicked a one niller twice so uh, no we're ready for that and as I say not revenge but we just want to get three points on the board that'd be nice and our Gillingham reporter Luke Cordell has been speaking to player Jack Tucker in my opinion that's probably our first good 90 minute uh, solid performance this season we've, we've sort of put 45s together here and there but then not followed it up like we've had a good first half against say Sunderland Fleetwood and then probably not kicked on from where we should have done in the second half. Um, so, yeah, it was good to put in a solid 90-minute display, both going forward and defensively. Um, in general, I think we probably were a bit unlucky to lose, to not uh, take all three points from the game. Um, obviously, we had a couple of chances, one at 1-0, one um, which could have put the game to bed. Um, and I think we defended pretty well in the, in the main, um, limited them to very few chances. Obviously, Bonham made a very good... Um, penalty save which kept us in it um, but yeah we were we weren't too disheartened at the end of the game obviously we knew we played well yeah. and the general consensus around the changing room was if we play like that for 90 minutes throughout the season we'll win a lot more than we'll lose so we were disappointed not to take three points but we know that that's our standard now and if we can keep playing like that then we'll be more than fine at the end of the season You've just come through a uh, really tough run of games as well haven't you Jack um, Sunderland and Fleetwood and Ipswich and you've played some of the top teams haven't you? We have, yeah. Um, 
I mean, there's no easy games in League One. I think everyone knows that by now. Um, and like the gaffer said a couple of times, this is as hard as League One's been uh, for a while. Um, but yeah, no, some of the teams we have played are ones that you'd you'd say would be up there come the end of the season. Um, but we we like to compare ourselves against those teams because that's ultimately where we want to be. We want to be looking up rather than down. Um, when we were disappointed with the way some of those games went, we felt like we should have got more from some of the games because um, we didn't play too bad, really. Um, but we know we should be doing better than that. Um, but I guess, yeah, now we've got some of the tougher games out of the way. Uh, we can look forward to start to really get some wins uh, on the board and uh, get a good little win run going towards the end of the season. And obviously Christmas is going to be a bit busy. Yeah. Um, and it's like last year. Uh, hopefully we can get a little run together like we did last year because that's really where our season kicked on from. Kick-off for the Jills tonight is at six o'clock. You can follow the action at Kent Online Jills on Twitter. That's it for today, but don't forget, you can subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. To do it, head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.